Um, listen, the last two weeks here at Westridge, you've been in a very important series on the Holy Spirit. And I've been watching online to keep up, and I have to say that Brian has done a fantastic job of communicating some foundational truths about the Holy Spirit and his role in our lives. And I'm honored today to speak about another one of those truths, that being his daily filling. And to help us get started with the conversation, I thought I would just share with you my experience in writing this message. Uh, When I sat down to write this message, I had nothing. Like, I was stuck. Uh, That's not typical for me, by the way. Usually when I write messages, it comes really easily, really quickly for me. But it wasn't the case with this one. I don't know if you ever had to write a paper for school or maybe you had to write for a project at work and you experienced a horrible case of writer's block. That's how I felt. I mean, I had studied. I had read. I knew what I wanted to communicate. But for the life of me, I could not figure out how to communicate it. So here I was in my office staring at a blank Microsoft Word document, trying to figure out how to get going. And and as I sat there, I sensed the Holy Spirit speaking to me, and here's what he said. He said, James, you're trying to write a message on how to be filled with my presence and power each day, yet you've taken no time this morning to ask me to fill you with my presence and my power. It's a convicting moment. Yeah, some of you go, ooh, yeah, that's how I felt. Man, ugh. So I shut all the books on my desk. I stopped trying to do what I was doing. I turned on some worship music. I buried my head in my arms, and I just started praying. And the first thing I prayed was, God, I'm dumb. Don't you love that we can pray prayers like that? Anybody ever prayed that before? I love it that God is such a gracious, kind father. That you and I can go to him and confess our dumb mistakes and be confident that he will meet us where we are with grace, kindness, and forgiveness. So I prayed, God, I'm dumb. I'm sorry. And then I asked him to speak to me, to guide me, to lead me, to fill me, to give me everything that I needed to write this message in a way that would honor him and help you. Well, after about 30 to 45 minutes went by, I sensed the Holy Spirit speaking to me again. and, And this time, here's what he said. He said, James, now you have what you need to get this message started. You have a personal story to share of how you almost neglected my filling while teaching other people how to experience my filling. You see, I'm confessing to you today as a sinful man, there are still moments in my life when I get this wrong. There are days that I get out of bed, I try to take control of my own life, I rush past the Holy Spirit, and I attempt to make things happen for myself, by myself. And I would imagine that some of us in the room, if we were honest, we would say the same thing is true for us. But look, if you're anything like me, you don't want it to be that way, right? Man, again, I was so frustrated in writing this message. I literally remember thinking to myself at one point, Way to miss the obvious, bro. Like, who does that? Who tries to teach other people how to be filled with the Spirit without first asking the Spirit to fill them? Well, I was that guy. But I have to say, look, I have to say I was thankful for that moment as well at the same time. And here's why. Because it reminded me that it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. It doesn't matter if I'm writing a message or I'm at the gym. It doesn't matter if I'm making a big decision for my church or or if I'm at home with my wife and my two daughters. I cannot afford to neglect the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit each day. And look, church, look at me. Neither can you. Because if we do, we not only miss out on experiencing him, 
but we miss out on experiencing all that he wants to do in and through our lives to make much of Jesus, to build up his church, and to help people who are far from God to find their way back to him. So again, today, we're going to talk about what it means and what it looks like to be filled each day with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, before we get to the practical side of what that looks like, uh, there is a foundational truth that we all need to get our heads around. Uh, it's a truth you've already been touching on throughout the series, but I want to take some time on it today. And if you're taking notes, I would encourage you to write this down. All right, here it is. We have to understand... In order to be filled with the Holy Spirit each day, first and foremost, that the Holy Spirit is a person to be followed, not a power to be used. That the Holy Spirit is a person to be followed, not a power to be used. Have you ever heard someone refer to the Holy Spirit as an it? Like some of us in the room, we might be guilty of referring to the Holy Spirit in that way. We call the Holy Spirit an it. Here's what you have to know. Uh, The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. Now, some of us might wonder, James, is that really a big deal? I mean, isn't it all semantics, e, hit, does it really matter? And I would say to you, yes, it absolutely matters, and here's why. Because when you change the Holy Spirit from a person into an it, in your mind, you change him from being this, this person who's meant to be followed into this impersonal force or power that you are then tempted to use for your own selfish gain and benefit. It's dangerous territory. And church, look again, we have to realize today the Holy Spirit is a person to be followed, not a power to be used. And the Bible gives us some personal characteristics for the Holy Spirit that prove this to be true. If you're taking notes, you can write this stuff down. Uh, First, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, he has a mind. He has a mind. I want you to read with me Romans 8, verses 26 to 27. This is Paul writing. He says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the, what's the word, All right, come on, 11 o'clock. You should be more awake than that. What's the word? Mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. How amazing is this? That one of the ways the Holy Spirit of God helps us is by going to God the Father and praying for us on our behalf. That when we feel weak, we don't have the right words to say in those moments when we're not really sure what to pray for, even when we're busy praying for all the wrong things. The Holy Spirit is behind the scenes using his own mind, praying to God the Father according to his will for our lives. Now, I think that should comfort us. I know it comforts me because I know as a sinful guy, I can at times pray according to my own will. You ever done that before? Have you ever asked God for things selfishly because you truly believe that that what you want is the best thing for you? I'll give you an example of this from my own life. And look, it's going to sound really trivial, but it makes the point, okay? Uh, About a year ago, I started training in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And if you don't know what that is, it's a martial art that teaches you how to fight on the ground. Uh, The goal of jiu-jitsu is to submit your opponent using different choke holds, different submission holds, well, I have to tell you, I was not ready for how hard or humbling jujitsu would be. It's a humbling thing to get submitted by a scrawny 150-pound 18-year-old kid and to then turn around and get choked out by a 60-year-old man. 
So here's what I started doing when I'd show up to the dojo. And you think I'm kidding, but I'm not. I'd sit outside in my car before going in, and I would pray and say, God, would you just help me today? God, I don't even need to win. I just don't want to get choked out by Dennis again. God, would you help me? Look, unfortunately, my prayers never seemed to work the way that I I wanted them to because I'd walk in the door, I'd get destroyed, and I would leave with more humility than I had brought with me. Now, again, that's a silly example, isn't it? But here's all I could figure out over the course of time that maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit was behind the scenes praying and saying, God, yeah, I know James, he wants not to get choked out, but but what he really needs is deeper levels of humility in his life, so he's going to need to get choked out today ridiculous example. And I know I'm way over-spiritualizing it. I'm just not that great at jujitsu. You can say it, but, but it makes the point. This is what the Holy Spirit does for us. He's going to God the Father on our behalf all the time, and he's saying, look, I know this person. I live inside of them. I know their thoughts. I know their actions. I know their desires, and I know what they need. And what they're praying for, that's not what they need. And so let me ask you on their behalf, what it is they really need from you. Isn't that beautiful? He has a mind, and he's praying for us. Secondly, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit has emotions. We find this truth in Ephesians 4.30. Paul says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, I would imagine that for some of us, thinking about God uh, having emotions, it's kind of a stretch in our minds. And the reason's simple, because when we think of God, we think of this strong, powerful being, and we live in a culture that promotes the idea that strong, powerful people don't show emotions, right? That it's only the weak who show emotions. I've been guilty of thinking this way at times. I remember my wife and I, we used to watch that show, The Biggest Loser, all the time. Any of you guys ever seen that, The Weight Loss Show? Well, look, if you've ever watched it, you know that along the way, they'll highlight personal stories of those people on the show trying to lose weight. We're watching the show one night, and this personal story that they were highlighting, it was super emotional. And so I'm sitting at one end of the couch. My wife is, is at the other. I'm watching. My eyes start getting misty. My lip, it's quivering. And my wife looks at me, and she says, are you crying? And I said, no, woman, I'm not crying. I have something in my eye, man. I'm a man. I don't cry over weight loss shows. Look, we have to realize this morning that showing emotion doesn't make a person weak. It just makes a person a person. God has created all of us in his image. And and because God is a God with emotions, it means you and I have emotions. And, And this truth should remind us that the Holy Spirit who's living inside of us and who is God is a person to be followed, not a power to be used. Now, Ephesians 4.30 also points out for us that you and I as people, this is crazy to think about, we have the ability to grieve him. In other words, you and I can actually do things each day to cause the Holy Spirit of God deep pain and deep sorrow. Well, how does that happen? Well, when you read Ephesians 4.30 in its context, you find that it happens when you and I start living like the old us. We resist the Holy Spirit's leading we choose to, to, uh, to, to not listen to his voice. We choose sin over him. We treat people in an unchristlike manner. You see, we have to understand that when we live lives contrary to the life God has created us and saved us to live, the life he tells us about in the pages of this book, 
the very life that the Spirit is trying to work out in us and through us, it absolutely breaks the heart of the Holy Spirit. But here's the good news. Look, as he's grieving over you, he is doing anything necessary to convict you of your sin and to bring your life back on track so that he can live the life of Christ through you. The last thing is this. The Bible tells us, that the Holy Spirit has a will. In other words, he has an ability all by himself to make his own choices. And we find the truth uh, that points to this in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. Read this with me. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, you talked about spiritual gifts last Sunday. I'm not going to go into it deeply today. Uh, I will tell you that 1 Corinthians 12, it's all about spiritual gifts. And, uh, and in that chapter, Paul reminds us that when we profess faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord, that the Holy Spirit invades our lives and he brings with him some type of supernatural gift or ability so that we can serve other people, build up his church, and point others back to Christ. Well, here's what verse 11 tells us. That the Holy Spirit is the one ultimately responsible for making the decisions on who gets what gift. You get that right? Like you don't get to pick your gift. You might want a certain gift, but the Holy Spirit wants you to have a certain gift. And because he knows exactly what he wants to do in and through your life and in and through this church collectively, he's going to hand out gifts as he sees best uh, necessary so that together this church can accomplish all that he wants it to accomplish in this community and around the world. Look, the Holy Spirit, again, he's a person to be followed, not a power to be used. So now that we get that, now that we have a firm understanding of the personhood of the Holy Spirit, uh, what we're going to talk about for the next few minutes is this. Like, how important is it to treat the Holy Spirit as a person, not a power, as it concerns his daily filling? Listen, please don't miss what I'm about to say. The rest of the message hangs on this. Uh, if you're taking notes, I want you to write it down. Look, I want you to know today that if you want to experience the filling of the Holy Spirit's presence and power in your life each day, you have to understand this truth. We're gonna throw it up here and I'm just gonna read it as I wrote it. The degree to which you experience his filling is fully dependent on the depth of your relationship with him. So let me just say it all together. Let's keep that on the screen if we can. I want you to know that if you want to experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit filling you daily, you must understand that you will only experience his filling to the degree of, of the depth of your relationship with him. I mean, can we just all agree that it is impossible to have a relationship with an impersonal force or power? Relationships are meant for people, aren't they? And the good news for us is this, well, the Holy Spirit's a person, and he wants a relationship with you, and if you want to experience all that he is and all that he offers, you have to cultivate a deep relationship with him. Let's think about our human relationships for a moment, if we can, to make sense of this. Uh, I'll give you a picture from my own life, but, but look, isn't it true that if we want to know all that a person is and all that they have to offer, that first we have to cultivate a deep relationship with that person? Isn't that true? Would you agree? Look, again, I'll give you a picture, okay? Uh, recently for my wife's birthday, I took her out to her favorite restaurant, Maggiano's. She loves that place. We sat down at the table. I ordered stuffed mushrooms right away because that's her favorite appetizer. 
Um, I could have ordered her drink, sweet tea. It's sweet tea all the time. She's a Southern girl. Um, I could have ordered her dinner. She eats chicken and spinach manicotti every time we go to Maggiano's. Uh, that's her love there. And so we had great Italian food. We talked, we laughed, had the best time. Well, after dinner, I wanted to go do something fun. So we drove up the street to Barnes and Noble and we played this game that I had found online. And for some of you, that might sound really lame, but my wife loves books and she loves to read. So I knew she'd love it. So we go into Barnes and Noble and uh, we're supposed to go to the cooking section and pick a couple of recipes that we're going to go home and make for each other. Uh, we were supposed to go to the magazine section and pick a quiz out of a magazine to, to participate in with one another. And then finally, we were supposed to go to the joke section, find a funny joke and read it to our significant other. And we read lots of jokes. We just couldn't stop laughing. We just had a blast. Look, the only reason I could plan a night like that for my wife is because I've taken the last 12 years to cultivate a deep relationship with my wife. Like, I know what she loves, and I know what she doesn't love. I know what she enjoys, and, and I know what she doesn't enjoy. If I would have taken my wife to Red Lobster and a football game for her birthday, look, it would have been a bad day for both of us, all right? She would have had no fun. I would have missed out on her laughter, her joy, her stories, her sense of humor. I would have probably missed out on sleeping in our bed that night. <laughs> you see, look, the only reason, again, the only reason I'm able to, to do those things for my wife is because I've developed this relationship. That relationship is what allows me to make decisions each and every day that result in me experiencing all that my wife is and all that she has to offer. Church, are you with me? Okay, look, the same is true when it comes to the Holy Spirit. If you want to experience all that he is and all that he has to offer, if you want to be filled daily with his presence and his power, you have to cultivate a deep relationship with him. Now, how do you do that? Well, that's what we're gonna talk about for the rest of our time together. And I wanna answer that question using an illustration that I hope will be both memorable and helpful for you, okay? So uh, here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to picture a radio in your mind. And I want you to picture one that you see every day. It might be the one in your car, on your nightstand, the bathroom sink, but just picture a radio. I want you to keep it in your mind for the next few minutes. And after you leave today, I want you to let that radio, every time you see it, to serve as a reminder to put into practice the very things we're about to talk about, all right? So first, how in the world do I cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit that allows me to experience each day his filling? Well, the first thing is this. You have to quiet the noise. You have to quiet the noise. I'm sure that we all have had that experience of driving down the interstate 70 miles an hour, windows down, and the radio's on. It's hard to hear the music, isn't it? Look, you can turn the radio up as loud as you want, but you'll never hear the music as clearly as you could if you just roll the windows up and quiet the noise. You see, I think for some of us, this is the way we walk through life with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he's trying to speak to us. He's trying to lead us. He's trying to guide us. And because our lives are so noisy and so busy, he's being drowned out. I mean, think about this with me. Don't most of us in the room live the same life each and every day? Don't we get out of bed at the same time every morning? We go through the same morning routine. We get our kids off to school. We, we go to work. We, we do the same job day in, day out. Come home at the same time. We try to grab a quick bite to eat. Sometimes it's in the car because we're trying to get kids to dance practice or, or ball practice. 
We finally get home, get everybody cleaned up. We might turn on the TV for a few minutes, check social media. We might try to get a little more work done before bed, but we crash out finally, and then we do it all again the next day. Our lives are noisy, aren't they? They're busy. That's a word we can all resonate with, isn't it? I once heard it said that if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. And why? Well, because busyness is the enemy of intimacy with God. Church, look at me. As followers of Christ, we cannot let busyness be our excuse when it comes to cultivating a deep relationship with the Holy Spirit. Please don't miss this. Look, you and I, we need the Holy Spirit more than we think we do. You get that, right? Like, you cannot live the life God has created you and saved you to live without the Holy Spirit's presence and power filling you each day, which means we have to do whatever it takes to quiet the noise in our lives so that we can better know him. Now, how in the world do you do that? I know what some of you are thinking, James, you've been following me around with a hidden camera, bro. That's my life. I'm busy. How do I fit this in? Well, I'll give you some suggestions. It might mean, like, like me, you gotta wake up 30 minutes early in the morning to fit it in. It might mean that on the way to work, you turn off the radio and you take advantage of the silence in your car. It might mean for some of us uh, that we stop saying yes to everything that's presented to us and, and we decommit from certain activities in our lives that are just sucking up all of our time. It might mean that some of us, we take our devices out even before we leave church today and we delete Instagram and we delete Facebook and we delete Twitter because we are so busy all the time spending our our, our lives in the noisy world of social media. Look, I don't know what it looks like for you, but all I'm telling you is this. You have to do whatever it takes to quiet the noise in your life so that the Holy Spirit can have his way in you. The second thing is this. You want to cultivate a relationship with him? If you want to cultivate a relationship with him so that you can be filled with his presence and power each day, the next thing you have to do is tune in and listen. Not only do you quiet the noise, but you have to tune in and listen. Uh, As a pastor, one of the questions I've gotten time and time again is this. James, how do I know if God is speaking to me? James, I've tried to pray about this, and I want to know, is this God or is this like the bad Mexican food I ate last night? Like, I don't know what it is, right? Who's speaking I've learned that for a lot of people trying to hear the voice of God, look, it's like listening to static on the radio. Can any of us resonate with that a little bit? This is such an important question. How can I recognize and hear the voice of of God speaking to me? It's so important, and here's why. Because if you want to cultivate a deep relationship with the Holy Spirit, that involves you being able to recognize the Spirit's voice and to respond to what he's saying to you. So how do you do that? How do you tune in and listen? Well, let me give you four ways if you're taking notes, all right? The first is this, through Scripture, through Scripture. I love it. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit inspired human authors to pen the very words on the pages of this book. And do you know why he did that for us? So that he could speak to us. Isn't that awesome? I once heard John Piper say, if you want to hear God speaking to you audibly, just read your Bible out loud. Isn't that beautiful? The Holy Spirit gave us this book so that we can hear his voice each and every day, which means that if you want to hear from him, you have to bury your nose in the pages of this book. I love this quote from A.W. Tozer. Listen to what he says. For it is through the word of God that God reveals himself. This is not a dead book between the covers. This is a living book. 
God wrote it, and it is still alive. This book is alive. It is a living, vibrant book. God is in this book. The Holy Spirit is in this book. And if you want to find him, go into the book. Start here, and he'll speak to you. The second thing is this. To tune in and listen, it happens through prayer. It's another way it happens. It's through prayer. Uh, God has given us this amazing gift of prayer so that we can communicate with him. A lot of us know that. But do you also know that because of the Holy Spirit is a person, that oftentimes he will speak back to you as you are praying? You know, listening is a part of prayer, right? Different message for a different day. But, but it, when it comes to prayer, look, don't be the person that just talks all the time. Talk and listen. And it sounds the Holy Spirit, he'll speak to you through putting certain thoughts on your mind. He might speak to you by giving you a sense of peace or discomfort over something you've been praying for. I've never had this happen in my life, but I have a couple of friends who uh, are walking with Jesus deeply each day who, who have told me that they've had experiences in which God the Holy Spirit spoke audibly to them as they're praying. Crazy. But here's what I want to tell you, okay? As you're praying, if you think God is speaking to you, here's how you know for sure. You ready? Take it back to the scriptures. The Holy Spirit, is it ever going to say something to you in prayer that contradicts what he's already said in the pages of this book? If he is the one speaking, it'll line up every time. The third way that we tune in and listen to the Holy Spirit is through other people. Through other people. At times, God will use other people to speak to us. But here's what you have to understand. Don't miss it. If you want to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you through other people... You have to listen to the right people. And who are the right people? Well, the right people are people who love God more than anything else in life. They're people who love his word. They're people who are following Jesus each day. They are those people who live under control of the Holy Spirit, filled with his presence and his power day in and day out. Those are the people you want to listen to if you want to hear from the Holy Spirit. Like, please don't find your friend who, who hates Jesus, doesn't go to church, tell them about what you're thinking, and then do it because, oh, well, they said that was a good idea. It's not the Holy Spirit. you got to listen to the right people. And again, if you're ever in doubt, well, is the Holy Spirit using that person to speak to me? You take it back to the scriptures and you check it. You go to God in prayer, and if it doesn't contradict this book and, and the Holy Spirit gives you peace in prayer, well, there's a good chance that he might be the one speaking to you. And then finally, finally, to tune in and listen to the Holy Spirit, you have to practice repentance. You have to practice repentance. I'm telling you, without confession of sin and repentance happening daily in your life, you won't hear from the Holy Spirit. Sin creates distance between us and God. Not spatial distance, but spiritual distance. And when God is far away, it becomes harder and harder for you to recognize his voice. I read a great article in preparation for this message in which the author said that living in sin is equivalent to you and I plugging our ears and preventing ourselves from hearing what the Holy Spirit is trying to say. Repentance, look, repentance is the way that we unplug our ears so that we can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit clearly again. You have to tune in and listen. Lastly, lastly, to cultivate a deep relationship with the Holy Spirit so that you can know the filling of his presence and power each day, you have to move. You have to move. Look, I don't care who you are in the room today. If a song that you like comes on the radio, what do you do? You move, don't you? 
Some of us, we move a little better than others, right? But, but all of us move, even if it's you tapping your foot or, or bobbing your head. That's what music does to us. It moves us. And can I just tell you, that's the Holy Spirit's goal in your life. He wants to move you. And Paul points us to this truth in Galatians 5.25. Look at what he says. He says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. That phrase, keep in step, literally means to walk in line behind a leader. Here's the picture. The Holy Spirit each day, he's taking steps. And his desire is that you would step behind him. If you've ever walked behind somebody on the beach and, and you've tried to like step in their footprints... That's the idea here. He wants you to go where he's going. Well, where is he going? Well, he's trying to lead you toward Christ's likeness. He wants you to, to follow him toward greater obedience, greater love for Jesus and other people. And why does he want that? Well, as you've been learning, it's because the Holy Spirit loves Jesus. And he wants Jesus to be honored. And he knows that if you'll follow him, and that if he can transform your life more and more into the character and likeness of Jesus, that Jesus will be honored both in and through you. I love this other quote from Tozer. Look at this. He says, honor Christ and the Holy Spirit will honor you. Always remember that you will know the Spirit more intimately as you make more of Jesus Christ the Lord. Isn't that awesome? As we move toward Jesus, the Holy Spirit promises to fill us up in greater ways with his presence and his power. You see, I think one of the reasons some of us might fail to experience his presence and power on a daily basis is because we haven't yet moved on that thing he's calling us to move on. We haven't taken the step he wants us to take in order to make more of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like, for example, maybe some of us in the room, we know he's calling us to move on giving, on serving, on sharing Jesus with our neighbor or our friend. Maybe some of us knows that the Holy Spirit's trying to move us toward finally forgiving that person that has wounded us deeply, but we haven't moved yet. And the reason we haven't moved is because we've been busy waiting around on the Holy Spirit to give us what we think we need before we move. So you might be that person saying to the Holy Spirit right now, uh, look, when you fill me up and give me all the right words to say, well, I'll move and I'll go share Jesus with my friend. Holy Spirit, uh, when you strip all my fears away and give me the confidence I need, well, I'll move and I'll finally go serve in that ministry. Holy Spirit, um, when you give me the courage I need and, and when you heal these wounds in my life, well, I'll move and I'll finally forgive that person who's wronged me. Church, listen, please don't miss this. Can I tell you, that is rarely how it works with the Holy Spirit. It's not that, that the Holy Spirit fills you and then you say yes to him. More often than not, it's you say yes to him and then he fills you. Are you with me? See, more often than not, when you move, that's when the Holy Spirit comes in behind you and fills you with what you need in order to do what he's asked you to do. More often than not, obedience precedes filling. So here's the idea. Instead of demanding that God the Holy Spirit give you all the right words to say before you go share Jesus, here's what you do. You ready? You just go share Jesus. And you trust the Holy Spirit enough to fill you and to give you all the words you need as you move. Instead of waiting around and, and complaining about how scared you are about serving in that ministry, I think those teenagers are going to eat me alive. Here's what you do. The Holy Spirit's moving in you. You move. And you trust that as you move that the Holy Spirit is going to fill you and give you all that you need in order to serve well. 
instead of refusing to give forgiveness to that person who's hurt you, you know forgiveness isn't for them, right? It's for you. You get that. Instead of holding on to all those wounds, what if you made the choice to forgive even though it's so difficult and you trusted the Holy Spirit to come in behind your decision to forgive, to fill you, and to give you the peace and the healing you've wanted all along? Look, if you're taking notes, would you write this down? When I move, that's when the Spirit moves in me. When I move, that's when the Spirit moves in me. Church, the Holy Spirit is a person meant to be followed, not a power meant to be used. And if you want to follow him and experience all that he is and all that he has to offer, if you want to know his daily filling, his presence and power in your life, quiet the noise, tune in and listen and move. Look, here's how we're going to close. Uh, the band, they're about to lead us in a song. And we're going to put into practice these things right now together, okay? And so here's what I'm asking. In the next few minutes, would you just quiet the noise of your life? Would you, as the Psalms put it, just be still and know that God is God? Would you quiet? Even ask God if you need to, to quiet for you. Whatever's going on in your heart, in your mind. Let go of your distractions. Quit worrying about what's going to go on after you leave this place today. Would you just quiet the noise? And would you lean in in the next few minutes and listen to what God might have to say to you today in this place? Would you tune in and listen for his voice? And look, finally, I want to challenge you today to move on whatever it is God the Holy Spirit is asking you to move on. And I promise you, if you'll put into practice these three things daily, you'll experience his presence and his power in ways that you've never known before. But would you pray with me? God, we thank you that you are here. But God, we don't want to just know you're in this place. We want to experience you in this place. God, we want to feel your touch. We want to hear your voice. God, we want to leave today knowing that we have met with you. And so, God, would you just sweep through this place in power in the next few moments? God, would you release your Holy Spirit to do a work in our lives today that some of us desperately need? God, would you raise spiritually dead people back to life? God, would you free the captive? Would you restore the broken? God, would you mend wounds? Would you give courage? God, whatever it is that needs to happen in this place today, God, we just give you this time. We love you so much. And we thank you for the great way you love us. And I pray that you pour your love and your grace out on us today by moving in our hearts and lives in ways that only you can. Look, in the next few moments, um, I don't care if you stay in your seat. I don't care if you stand and sing. Look, I want to encourage some of us because I think we need this. I want to encourage some of us to get out of our chairs and to move today to leave our seats, to come down to the front of this room, to use it as an altar before the Lord. If we need prayer, let's ask somebody. Whatever we need to do, let it start today. God, fill this place. This time is yours. We love you. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.